Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. It's time for Cover 2 Broncos. Just a couple dudes breaking down scheme, film, and the numbers. Now, your hosts, Joe Rowles and Jeff Essery. Back to another episode of Cover Two Broncos. I'm Joe Rowles, and I'm Jeff Essery. And uh, just in case you have any Broncos questions or any concerns or anything you want us to discuss on the show, please get at us um, on the Twitterscapes. I am at Joro underscore NFL. Jeff is at under uh, Jeffrey Essery, and then Cover Two Broncos is at Cover Number Two Broncos. Um, and yeah, we're happy to talk about it. Um, we're actually going to kind of throw a curveball at you guys today. Uh, we're going to take a break from doing all the position overviews to what are we going to do, Jeff? This is a great idea that you had. Yeah. Well, it stemmed from a great tweet that you had. So we're just kind of ping. This, this is the beauty of collaboration, right? We're ping ponging off of each other. D- Joe tweeted out from, I don't know if you saw it from the cover two Broncos Twitter account. And the question was, if you could reach back outside of quarterback, if you could reach back through Broncos history and add one player, to Denver's roster today, who would it be? And so it started getting some traction on Twitter. A lot of people are making their case and arguing for players. So we figured we'd take a break from the normal stuff and jump into the topic today and um, just go through the list of who we would do and um, go back and forth on it. And uh, one, one thing I think might make this a little bit more challenging, but also really interesting is that we can't repeat players. 
Um, to make it fair, I think we're going to do a coin flip for who gets to go first. Okay, you want heads or I'll, tails, Joe? I will take tails because it never fails. <laughs> and it probably failed me, didn't it? Is it is heads. Oh, yep. That's okay. Second's best. That's fine. I'll, okay. I'll figure out a way to be okay with it. Okay, I'm going to go with my number one choice, and this is the one that I threw out in our Mile High Report chat as well and have been defending vehemently in that as, as well, and that is the Champ Bailey is who I would pick number one across the top. And I think it – one, just because he's an elite defender and probably one of the best players outside of maybe John Elway and Vaughn Miller to play for the Broncos – Great. just in NFL history, but uh, then it fits so well with Denver's needs this year in the mm -hmm. secondary. And so cornerback, we've talked about it a couple weeks ago. Cornerback is a big question mark of who is the guy that it was when we had coach Alexander on here of who is that number one corner that's going to step up. Can it be AJ Boyer? Is he going to be healthy? What are the guys behind him going to look like? Is Bryce Callahan going to be healthy? There's a lot of young guys in the room. And so, what better not only to have an elite champ Bailey in his prime, but also the leader in champ Bailey for that young cornerback room to bring along guys um, like Michael Ojemudia, like a Duke Dawson, like Devonte Harris and all of the young guys that Vic Fangio is wanting to groom to have a veteran presence in the locker room um, like Bailey. And just the thought of champ Bailey lining up on the outside with Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson in the middle at safety and AJ Boyer on the other side, that is one darn good secondary. And so that's who I'm going with. What are your thoughts, Joe? I was really hoping you were going to somehow screw this up because <laughs> that was my pick. So I I completely understand why you would go with Champ Bailey because that's who I would go with. Uh, I mean, he's amazing. He's outside of quarterback. Arguably, he might be the best player in Broncos history. I know that that's a recency thing, so someone's probably going to get mad at me. But he's amazing. And – Cornerback is such a difficult position to play. So, yeah, no, I would I would take him. And then again, like you said, he fits with the Broncos' needs, and he was so versatile in his career. I don't, like he had different defensive coordinator every year. Like you know, he'd be able to pick up Big Fangio's defense without too much trouble. So, yeah, I would take Champ Bailey every day of the week. So, uh, since I can't though, uh, for my first pick, what I would probably do is I would upgrade the Broncos' left tackle situation. Uh, because I do think that that is also uh, – and we had PFF's uh, Ben Lindsay on a while ago, and we disagreed with him about how highly PFF thinks of Garrett Bowles, um, and I would easily, quite happily replace Garrett Bowles with either Gary Zimmerman – probably Gary Zimmerman if given the opportunity. It's like that kind of left tackle to protect Drew Locke's blindside, I would feel a lot better about his development going forward because you know he's not going to get hit from behind. And I think he fits the scheme. Like he's mobile enough that he would be able to thrive in my bunch of uh, blocking scheme. It'd be good. That's so why I'd go. You're going with Zimmerman and I'd go with Zimmerman. I it's, like it. Not Ryan Clady at, at left tackle. I, I love Ryan Clady. If Ryan Clady, if I knew I was getting healthy, Ryan Clady, if like we picked a certain year, it'd be tough because I watched a lot of Ryan Clady. I didn't watch as much Zimmerman, but I know for a fact, Gary Zimmerman over the course of his career was better than Ryan Clady. Um, and he's all famer. Uh, like there's no doubt in my mind that he would be a substantial improvement over Garrett Bulls. I like it. I can't disagree. And again, we're filling, we're filling needs as well because we're talking current roster. And um, I think that's one of the other glaring holes on the, on the offensive line. And so um, 
All right, my turn now. I'm going to go... I'm trying to decide how I should... If I should... I already went defense, and so I think I'm going to go with a a fun one, and I'll grab Shannon Sharp, I think. Um, Even though we have Noah Fant and Tim Lynch, if he's when whenever he listens to this, if he does, will be happy because he's been standing for Shannon Sharp in the Mile High Report chat. Um, And while I think Champ Bailey would be the number one pick that I would take, I think Shannon Sharp would be a lot of fun, particularly in Pat Shermer's offense with all the spread them out looks that he gives. I mean, Shannon Sharp is kind of the peak of what you would have wanted for Evan Ingram if you put him in at the um, tight end position of that quick receiver type speed, um, but also, you know, in great hands, toughness, um, and a huge threat in the passing game and would be a great mentor for Noah Fant. And you play them both at the same time and then you put all the other guys that you have on the field all out there. And so I like Shannon Sharp in this offense. The, what you could do with 12 personnel with someone like Sharp and Noah Fant, and then the Broncos' core of receivers is really scary. So I, I don't blame you for picking Sharp. I definitely thought about it. I just I, – I have to pick somebody over Bulls there. That, that <laughs> yeah, that one's less of a need. Like the, Shannon Sharp isn't necessarily a need. Like we, we've, we're pretty stacked. I mean, we've got Noah Fant. We drafted a first-round pick there, but um, that's more of a luxury pick than a need. Uh, so for my second pick, and this actually might be a little controversial, um, and it kind of goes by the same line of thinking that you probably just had, but I would take prime Chris Harris just for the fact that Denver's quarterback situation is really quite scary, and Bryce Callahan's injury history is quite troubling. I, I know the reports as of now are that he is going to be healthy, but the fact is he has not played 16 games in a regular season ever in the NFL so far. And I think Chris Harris gives you, and again, I'm not necessarily thinking, I, I do think last year's Chris Harris was good, but I do think he might have slowed down a little bit from last year to like since his prime. But you give like Chris Harris in his prime on this, on this defense, you have a guy who can play in the slot or play outside. So you have essentially what Bryce Callahan is feasibly going to do is essentially be your CB1 who plays inside outside. And he's a ball hawk. He's smart. He's able to give you everything that you want. Um, I don't think he's quite on the same tier as like Champ Bailey is, but I think quarterback is so important. And it's such a big question mark right now that I would happily take like 26 year old Chris Harris and be pretty happy. Yeah. I think that's an interesting pick for this defense specifically because of the need at slot cornerback. I think you could probably mm-hmm. get away with a guy like AJ Boye on the outside and, you know, OJ Mudia, Bosby, or somebody like that on the other outside. And then to your point with Bryce Callahan's health, you don't know what he's going to do. And so having Chris Harris there to lock down the slot, that could be really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think we're also going to get some hate for recency bias <laughs> from oh, yeah. some of no, the I, old I, I, But I do I, I do want to make a point, though, is that in, in nothing against the you know, the, the classic players, but a lot of them, just the game has evolved so much. Trying to find a fit for this particular team is a little bit hard because I was thinking linebacker and, you know, some of the great linebackers or even maybe an Al Wilson or something like that, but it's a hard fit in today's NFL. So don't think we're forgetting those guys. We're just playing, playing it pretty tight, trying to fit the specific roster here. And I, and I definitely thought about, cause I thought about a keep to leave, 
But one thing that kind of would concern me about Aqib Talib for this defense, and again, I'd have to go back and really study Aqib Talib, but Aqib Talib played in a lot of man-heavy defenses, and he played for Tampa before that, but he, his career really took off when he was playing with the Patriots and then on to like the Wade Phillips defenses, like that style. And so like the Vic Fangio defense doesn't it, – it would be a pretty big change from when he was at his best to play for the Vic Fangio defense, and I'm just not sure. And I'd have to go back and look to feel really comfortable with that. But he's he's up there too. And I know he's another recent player. But like going back farther, like you just said, like cornerback 10, 15 years ago, the secondary play back then was just completely different. Like they weren't playing match rules like they do now. So it's, it's really hard without like going back and studying them to say with any confidence, like I think this player would be a huge upgrade on what Chris Harris would give. So, and I just feel comfortable with his game. I've studied it for three years. I, I know what he would give me. Yeah, and obviously, guy, a guy like you know, a Carl Mecklenburg or an Al yeah. Wilson would be a huge asset to this defense and bring that you know tenacity and toughness, even if their game maybe didn't necessarily translate. And obviously, it's a hypothetical situation we're proposing anyway. So don't think we're forgetting those guys. Um, but my my next one kind of nods to that a little bit. But this is a bit of a curveball I'm going to play with, and I, I think this will be fun. I would pick Steve Atwater. Okay, but I would play I like linebacker. Steve, I think he would be I, in today's NFL. Steve Atwater would be an exceptional linebacker. That's probably what he'd play, and he'd be really good at it. Like he'd probably be one of the best nickel linebackers in the league, and 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 that's not a disservice because we've talked about this a hundred times. But nickel is base in today's NFL, so like Atwater would still be a starter, and he'd still like he'd be a substantial improvement over Todd Davis, like. The Broncos did just look at Patrick Queen. Like they they were looking for a player that can do a lot of the things that Atwater can do. And you look at his size at 6'3, 220-ish. That's about the range that modern day linebackers are playing now. I mean, most of the guys are checking in around 230. And Atwater, we all know the the big hit um against uh Okoye and um you know, I have no doubt that he could come in and make plays in the running game as a linebacker and then his ability and coverage, I think would be um, superior to that of some of the linebackers that we have right now. And then his game, I think fits a little bit better. Like he, as good as he was, he probably wouldn't be a safety in today's NFL just because of the way the game has changed. He would get flagged too much and everybody, I think everybody, nobody disagrees with that is his hits were just way too, um, ferocious for today's NFL, but in the, as a linebacker in the trenches and you're coming downhill on guys put laying those hits on, that's a lot more palatable and fits what better within the rules as opposed to laying guys out over the middle as they're you know going up for a post route or something like that. And so I think to your point on the nickel as well, he would be a starter essentially in that de- in the, in the defense with um, as a nickel linebacker, essentially, I think he could play, all three downs there. And so I would do a little bit of a position switch, but that's what I would do. And then get you a, get you a classic and a hall of famer. And you can't not pick Steve Atwater. Anyway, he's such a good guy. I just think the tone he would set and at linebacker, that physicality would be at its like best utilized in today's game because safety and today, and this is one of those big things. that's like a rub against Justin Simmons is that he doesn't create highlight real plays, which A, isn't true based on like everything I've said for the last week and a half now, but also based on the fact that 
like safety in today's game, if you're a HUD, like a headhunter, like, like a John Lynch or Steve Atwater are, you just mentioned it. You're going to get flagged so much that you're going to do as much harm as good to your defense. And that's not the player's fault. That's just, that's how the rules are today. Um, and I think, yeah, at linebacker, that physicality would be more useful in the fact that he'd be able to man the middle of the field for one, but also the fact that he'd be able to come up and stop the run. He's closer to the line of scrimmage a lot more often. That'd be really useful. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. So those are my three. I've got Chad yeah, Haley. And, and, <laughs> and to our point, we're, we're not necessarily picking them all on the team. We're just alternating back and forth. Like you could have a team with yeah. just, just picking Atwater. So I've got, uh, I picked um, Sharp or Bailey Sharp and Atwater. So they're off the table. You picked Zimmerman and um, Chris Harris, so th- they're off the table. So you got one more. I do, and I'm I'm really torn on this one, just because I I haven't seen two of these players play quite a bit, but I do know of them. Obviously, um, I think I would try and upgrade the defensive line, and really just lock that down because, like Drell Casey, I think is one player. I think Shelby Harris is really good. But Denver's had so many really good defensive linemen in the history that, like, bringing one of those guys in to be, like, it, it would push, like, Shelby Harris and everyone else down one rung, but it'd make the whole unit that much better. And I think, like, I'm torn because, like, I know Lyle Alzado. I know of him. I know of Rulin Jones. The player I know well is Trevor Price because I was watching him, but I know that's the recency bias thing. And I also know Neil Smith. The thing that makes me lean for like a Neil Smith or a Trevor Price is that I know their size translates directly in today's game. Whereas like, uh, I don't know, I have to look this up because again, I haven't, I just haven't watched him much. But like a Lyle Alzado, like he's lighter, I believe. And he's from way back when. So like, the, yeah, he's 255 pounds. So like there's that, there's like, like, there's a degree of that to it. Whereas like Trevor Price was a, defensive tackle defensive end hybrid when he played and in today's nfl with the nickel he'd probably just be a three or like he'd be a five technique that slides inside to a three and a one that would be really useful for the broncos defense i was thinking atwater so you kind of have me on the ropes here a little bit but that's what i think losing losing atwater that's where i lean next because i feel confident enough in the broncos receiving core because that was my other thought i was thinking i like rod smith a lot and I think a lot of him. I don't know necessarily if the Broncos receiving core is weak enough that I would want to add him. I do think if you did that, like Drew Locke would definitely be like grateful for it. But then you're just you're getting into a situation where Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler are both rotating at that slot spot. And so I think upgrading the defensive line would do more for my roster. And yet 
I feel most comfortable with Trevor Price, but if you want to argue with me, I would love to hear the arguments for like Alila Zotto or Jones. Like it's not that I don't it's not that I don't know of them. I just don't know their fit quite as well. Yeah, I think Trevor Price would be the guy I would go with, mainly based on size. Um and the the one guy I was gonna look at what his playing size was um Chavis, Barney Chavis mm. from the seventies. And I'm trying to find what size he played at. I mean, it, obviously it's not a direct correlation. Like the guys now are going to be bigger, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it, his um, level of sacks, he racked up 75 sacks and he's third on the team um, would be a great pass rusher. And even if you just wanted to play him inside, if he's a smaller guy and play him on the, um, on the inside of the defensive line, that would be the only one, but I like going to the defensive line and really, uh, solidifying it next to Jarrell Casey. I think Trevor Price would be a really, really solid addition, particularly next to Casey. And the other player, Randy Gratishar, I didn't watch him. Like, I watched him in terms of, like, I go, I go back and I watch, like, old tape, but I don't have all 22 of his tape. So it's really hard to pick him. That said, like, again, I'm happy to hear the arguments, and I'm not necessarily saying I – he wouldn't be a substantial upgrade over what the Broncos have. I just, I only know his game from basically like when I'm, when I was watching broadcast tapes and like highlight and like, I respect it. I just don't, I I can't project it in my mind to the same degree. Yeah. And I think it's hard too, um, because you have guys like Simon Fletcher and and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, but um, you already have Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb on the outside. So the the fact that we're, fitting guys into today's roster and where we would pick them. It's, it's not necessarily a knock on those guys. It's just, you don't, you don't really have a spot for them unless you're playing rotation on some of the edge players or something like that. And so there's a lot of greats that are getting passed over just because of need, not that they couldn't upgrade over even like Bradley Chubb or something like that, but you have bigger, bigger needs elsewhere. So here, here's a different one for you, like a curveball on the curveball of the curveball. If you had to choose between John Elway or Peyton Manning for this year's roster, oh, would you go John Elway or Peyton Manning? Oh man, you put me and on I, the, you put me on the I'm spot. You're not going with Jake Plummer. Like I, I don't think you're going to go with Jake Plummer <laughs> or Craig Morton. And I'm going to just get I'm getting nerdy and technical here, as opposed to just going with my gut or the fan in me, but I think based on Pat Shermer's offense, I think Peyton Manning's a better fit. If we're talking about fit in Pat Shermer's offense, the concepts that he runs and um, the current roster, the way it's constructed with a guy like Jerry Judy pairing him in a timing offense and his route running with Peyton Manning. And then a Cortland Sutton on the outside. And I mean, you look at what Peyton Manning did with Julius Thomas. You think of him and Noah with Noah Fant putting the, the, you know, him into a similar situation. I think I would have to go Peyton. I'm just going to double down on this because I already know that people are going to flood me with like anger over my picks. Purely best player ever. I would take Peyton Manning over John Elway. And I know that that might be blasphemous to a lot of people, but like, I think Peyton Manning's probably the best quarterback ever. Like, and, I, and I'm happy to like, if someone ever wants to go over that, I'm happy to make the argument, but just 
Yeah. Like, unless you're asking your quarterback to roll out and be mobile, like Peyton Manning's a better player, I think in general. And then, yeah, like what you said with Pat Shermer's offense, like Peyton Manning would take it to another level, like all on his own, just because that's what he's done. He made coordinators and coaches his entire career. Like that's the big argument between him and Tom Brady is Tom Brady had Bill Belichick. Peyton Manning made coaches look better like throughout his career. So yeah, I would take Peyton Manning. Now, if we were in, uh, I'll flip it a little bit. If we were in Rich Scangarello's offense, if he was still here, I'd probably take, I'd probably take John Elway just because That's of the, the scheme fit and the Shanahan tree kind of down the line um, and the fit there with Elway. But that, yeah, that was always one of those things that when Kubi, again, we're getting into a rabbit hole, but like when Kubiak took over as head coach and he tried to kind of implement his offense with Peyton Manning, there was a certain degree of like frustration for me with that because it was like Peyton Manning. That's the worst possible way to use Peyton Manning was ask him to roll out because he needed his base to throw at that point. And so you're like making him try and throw without his base. It was just like, I'm glad they met halfway and it obviously worked out, but yeah, I was definitely nervous about that fit. I've got an honorable mention that would just yeah, be a, a fun one and it's going to be more recency bias. Um, but I would love to see, like, I just hate the, what Clinton Portis, like the, I, I feel like he was just stuck on, um, like he never reached his full potential with the, the, the talent that he had. Like I would have loved to see him in like the Peyton Manning offense of the, of 2013 or something like that. Um, so I would, for an honorable mention, just for fun, I would like to bring Clint Portis back as well. It, it, it's cause I go back to like 2005 when the Broncos had Mike Anderson and Tatum Bell. And like, obviously like if they had had Clinton Portis, they wouldn't have had champ Bailey and they needed champ Bailey, but like putting Clinton Portis instead of Tatum Bell on that offense, it would have taken a step up. Cause I, I think again, to a certain degree, running back production is like the difference between an elite running back and a really good running back isn't as big as at some other positions. But that said that uh, Clinton Portis, when he was with the Broncos was an elite running back and you put him in that offense that year when everything was humming anyway, and they would have been a dominant rushing offense and it would have been really fun to watch and it would have opened things up for Plummer and the whole passing game. So it would have been really cool. So, and I do think that his, his career was kind of wasted with Washington because Washington has been a dumpster fire since Snyder took over. Yeah. Agreed. But it did, uh, to your point, it did get us champ Bailey. And so you yeah. can't, you can't argue with that. <laughs> It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to argue against that. Um, my one honorable mention, if it's not Gratisher, because like I would probably pin him, um, Carl Mecklenburg, um, sim- similar to train of thought. I didn't watch him enough to like be able to say with any confidence how he would fit. Um, I've watched him off broadcast tape, but it's, it's different. Like it just is. And you, and you know, it is like you can't study broadcast tape the same way that you can. It's one of the hardest things about preseason tape. I'm actually kind of happy that the preseason has gone this year in the sense that like, I don't have to study preseason tape for five hours. <laughs> preseason tape to like really study it you have to like slow it down cut it back and it's just it's it's awful like i wish game pass would give us all 22 for the preseason and preseason so vanilla it's hard to even judge other than just like individual effort or guys looking healthy or something like that it's hard to to really um translate i I mean for like young guys making plays like i get it but I think it's Isaac Adam looked like a pro bowler in the preseason last year. Did he? I don't remember that. 
not like a pro bowler, but he, he would look good. Like I'm, the 49ers game, he looked really good. And yeah, then week one happened. So <laughs> hopefully he looks like a pre, like a pro bowler the week one this year. So, but, but yeah, let us know what you guys think. Um, I know this is like kind of a quick hit. I want to know what you guys, who you would pick. Um, tell us why we're wrong. Exactly. We, come we, come light yeah. us up on Twitter. Light us up. And yeah, it was fun. This is a, uh, if there's any other topics kind of like this that you guys are thinking you'd love our take on, like we're happy to talk about it. Yeah. If you just want to argue with us, come jump in, pop by mile high report or Twitter or anything like that. And, um, send us another, uh, quick one, quick one to do. And we'll crank out a podcast on it and let you know our thoughts until next week and next week we'll pick up our uh normal regularly scheduled programming we'll be breaking down the linebackers uh inside and outside how they fit in Vic Fangio's scheme the stuff we had all queued up for this week before we change it up so be looking for that dropping next week go Broncos <laughs>